0: section seven of offhand sketches this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org offhand sketches by t.s arthur section seven the yankee and the dutchman or i'll give or take a shrewd yankee with about five hundred dollars in his pocket came along down south a few years ago seeking for some better investment of his money than offered in the land of steady habits where he found people as a general thing quite as wide awake as himself in philadelphia our adventurer did not stay long but something in the air of baltimore pleased him and he lingered about there for several weeks prying into everything and getting acquainted with everybody that was accessible among others for whom the yankee seemed to take a liking was a dutchman who was engaged in manufacturing an article for which there was a very good demand and on which there was a tempting profit he used to drop in almost every day and have a talk with the dutchman who seemed like a good easy kind of a man and just the game for the yankee if he should think it worth the candle why don't you enlarge your business asked jonathan one day "'You can sell five times what you make.' "'I knows dat,' returned the Dutchman. "'But I wants to munish. Wait a while, then I enlarge.' "'Then you are laying by something?' A "'Little might.' In two or three days Jonathan came round again. He had thought the matter all over, and was prepared to invest his five hundred in the Dutchman's business, provided the latter had no objections. "'It's a pity to creep along in the way you are going,' he said, "'when so much money might be made in your business by the investment of more capital. "'Can't you borrow a few hundred dollars?' "'Me borrow? Oh, no, nobody lend me a few hundred dollar. "'I go on, save up. Buy me by I enlarge.' "'But somebody else with plenty of money might go into business and fill the market, "'and then it would be no use to enlarge.' Sorry, but can't help it. No monish, no enlarge. I've got five hundred dollars. The phlegmatic Dutchman brightened up. Five hundred dollar? Yes. Much monish. Do great business on five hundred dollar. That you could. You lend me de monish? asked the Dutchman. Jonathan shook his head. Can't do that. I'm going into business myself. Ah, what business? "'Don't know yet. Haven't decided. Into your business, maybe.' "'My business!' the Dutchman looked surprised. "'Yes, it appears to me like a very good business. Don't you think I could start very fair on five hundred dollars?' The Dutchman hesitated to answer that question. He didn't want to say yes, and he was conscious that the Yankee knew too much of his affairs to believe him if he said no. He therefore merely shrugged his shoulders, looked stupid, and remained silent. You don't know of a large room that I could get anywhere, do you? The Dutchman shook his head and gave a decided negative. Jonathan said no more on that occasion. Two days afterwards he dropped in again. Have you found the room yet? asked the Dutchman. I've seen two or three, replied Jonathan. One of them will suit me, I guess, but I'll tell you what I've been thinking about since I saw you if i open another establishment the business will be divided now it has struck me that perhaps it might be better all round for me to put my five hundred dollars into your business as a partner and push the whole thing with might and main how does that strike you well i can't say just now i'll think of him you put in five hundred dollars you say yes five hundred down in hard cash every dollar in gold five hundred let us see and the dutchman raised his chin and dropped his eyes and stood for some minutes in a deep study five hundred he repeated several times come to-morrow he said at length then i tell you very well i'll drop in to-morrow replied the yankee i'm not very anxious about it you see but as the thing occurred to me i thought i would mention it five hundred dollars will make a great difference in your business on the next day jonathan appeared looking quite indifferent about the matter the dutchman had turned over the proposition and dreamed about it both sleeping and waking his final decision was to take in the yankee as a partner now a cool thoughtful dutchman and a quick-witted yankee are not a very bad match for each other provided the former sees reason to have his wits about him which was the case in the present instance the Dutchman meant all fair, he had no thought of taking any advantage, but he had suspicion enough of Jonathan to put him on his guard, and looked to see that no high-handed game was played off upon him. You put in five hundred dollars, he said, when the Yankee appeared. Yes. Hard cash? Yes, in gold. Gold All in half-eagles like these, and he drew a handful of gold coins from his pocket very well i take you you put in five hundred dollar i put in all i got here den we joint owner equal partners yes that is i own half and you own half yes and we divide equally the profits yes very well that'll do i guess we'll have writings drawn to this effect articles of copartnership you know oh yes this settled nothing remained but to have the articles drawn the money paid in and the agreement signed and witnessed, all of which was done in the course of a few weeks. Then Jonathan went into the business, and infused some Yankee spirit into every part of it. He made things move ahead fast. In less than a year the business was much more than doubled, and the profits in proportion. Thus Jonathan was not satisfied with his half of these. He wanted the whole, and hedgehog-like he did all he could by merely bristling up to make things unpleasant for his partner. But the Dutchman was by no means thin-skinned. The sharp spikes of the Yankee's character annoyed him but little. As for himself, he felt very well satisfied with his share of the profits, and willing to go on as they were going. At the end of the second year, when the establishment had grown into quite an important and profitable concern, the Yankee had a visit from an eastern friend, a man of some capital. "'That's a stupid-looking fellow, that partner of yours,' said this person. "'And he is as stupid as a mule. I have to carry him on my back in the business, too. Why don't you get rid of him? I've been wanting to do so for some time, but haven't seen my way clear yet. Does your partnership expire at any time, by limitation?' no it can only be dissolved by mutual consent won't he sell out his interest i don't know but i've always intended to make him an offer to give or take as soon as i could see my way clear to do it don't you see your way clear now no when such an offer is made it must be of a sum that it is impossible for him to raise otherwise he might agree to give the amount proposed and i don't want that I wish to stick to the business, for it's going to be a fortune. At present, I am not able to raise what I think should be offered. How much is that? About three thousand dollars. I only put in five hundred two years ago. You can see how the business has increased. The half is worth five thousand in reality, and I would give rather than take that sum. You think your partner can't raise three thousand dollars? oh no he's got no friends and he hasn't three hundred out of the business how long would you want the sum mentioned a year or eighteen months i reckon i can supply it said the friend it's a pity for you to be tied to this old dutchman when you can conduct the business just as well yourself a great deal better he is only in my way very well you make him the offer to give or take three thousand dollars and i will supply the money but you ought by all means to add a stipulation that whoever goes out shall sign a written agreement not to go into the same business for at least ten years to come if you don't do this he can take his three thousand dollars and start another establishment upon as large a scale as the one you have and seriously affect your operations such a stipulation must be signed of course remarked jonathan i've always had that in my mind let me once get this business into my hands and i'll make it pay better than it ever has yet before ten years roll over my head if i ain't worth forty or fifty thousand dollars then i don't know anything you think it will pay like that yes i know it i haven't put out half my strength yet for i didn't want to let this dutchman see what could be made of the business he'll catch it three thousand dollars like a trout at a fly it's more money than he ever saw in his life on the next day jonathan told his partner that he wanted to have some talk with him so they retired into their little private office to be alone what you want said the dutchman when they were by themselves for he saw that his partner had something on his mind of graver import than usual "'I'm tired of a co-partnership business,' said the Yankee, "'coming straight to the main point. "'Vel?' And the Dutchman looked at him, without betraying the least surprise. "'Either of us could conduct this business as well as both together. "'Vel?' "'Now I propose to buy you out or sell you my interest as you please. Vell "'What will you give me for my half of the business "'and let me go at something else?' The Dutchman shook his head. At a word, then, to make the matter as simple as possible, and as fair as possible, I'll tell you what I'll give or take. Well? Of course, it would not be fair for the one who goes out to commence the same business. I would not do it. There should be a written agreement to this effect. Yes. Well, what will you give or take? I'll give or take three thousand dollars, I don't care which. Three thousand dollars? You give that? Yes. Or take that. Either. You pay down de monish? Cash down. Humph. Three thousand dollars. Me tink about him. How long do you want to think? Until de mornin'. Very well. We'll settle the matter tomorrow morning. In the morning, Jonathan's friend came with three thousand dollars in order to pay the Dutchman right down and have the whole business concluded while the matter was warm meantime the dutchman who was not quite so friendless nor so stupid as the yankees supposed, turned the matter over in his mind very coolly he understood jonathan's drift as clearly as he understood it himself and was fully as well satisfied as he was in the regard to the future value of the business which he had founded two of their largest customers were germans and to them he went and made a full statement of his position and gave them evidence that entirely satisfied them as to the business without hesitation they agreed to advance him the money he wanted and to enable him to strike while the iron was hot checked him out the money on the next morning one of them accompanied him to his manufactory to be a witness in the transaction jonathan and his friend were first on the spot in about ten minutes the dutchman and his friend arrived well have you made up your mind yet asked the yankee the one who goes out is not to begin in the same business certainly not it wouldn't be fair no i suppose not suppose we draw up a paper and sign it to that effect before we go any farther well the paper was drawn signed and witnessed by the friends of both parties you are prepared to give or take said jonathan with the same eagerness in his manner Yes well which will you do i will give coolly replied the dutchman give echoed the yankee taken entirely by surprise at so unexpected a reply give you mean take i no means take i means give here is the monish, and he drew forth a large roll of bank bills you say give or take i say give with the best face it was possible to put upon the matter Jonathan, who could not back out, took the $3,000 and, for the sum, signed away on the spot, all right title and claim to benefit in the business, from that day henceforth and forever. With his $3,000 in his pocket, the Yankee started off farther south, vowing that if he lived to be as old as Methuselah, he'd never have anything to do with a Dutchman again. End of Section 7 Recording by Tom Barron.